A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. The ball goes towards the back post from the corner. And it's a lovely header at the far post by Gabriel Jesus. I'm desperate to win against Watford. I'm so desperate. And the blue wave from Manchester surges to the FA Cup final after what was a meandering semi-final win. When this team is desperate to win, this team is special. Great from Delafeu. Back to Delafeu in the area. Outsprings the defender and slips it underneath John Muddy and Watford are in the lead. We don't play finals every day. It's a moment to enjoy. It's a preview show special this week as we look ahead to the FA Cup final between Watford and Manchester City from Wembley this Saturday. The Hornets are in their first final since 1984, while City are looking to complete a clean sweep domestic treble. We will also go through the winners and losers of the Premier League season and consider what can be done during the close season to improve fortunes for the next campaign. Plus, we still have an all-English Europa League and an all-English Champions League final to preview. I'm Tom Rennie and this is a preview show extra at the end of the 18-19 season. Our panel today, an FA Cup runner-up. Don't mention it, though, because it brings me to tears with West Ham. Also once of Cardiff City, Crystal Palace and the Welsh national team, too, in Daniel Gabadon. And Richard Lee is here as well, representing Watford. Of course, a former goalkeeper for the club. Played for Brentford, too, and several others. How are you guys? All right? Good. Very well, thank you. Welcome to an overflow preview show. The success of the year was so high for the network, they asked us to do at least one more. Uh, So thanks for turning up. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, listen, we will get to Watford. We'll talk about Watford. They are such an interesting story. And I think many neutrals out there are going to want Watford to win the FA Cup this weekend. Their semi-final win alone for many will surely give a, a feeling they should win it this year. It is their year, the way they got to this point. But I do want to start the show with Manchester City. Premier League winners, 98 points. Uh, going into this game, it was really interesting. The Amex last weekend, they'd won it. And people were sort of celebrating. The champagne was out, non-alcoholic. Uh, and Vincent Company was asked about the success, which he'd done so much to earn with that goal uh, against Leicester a few days before. And he said, well, it's great to win it. But I'll tell you what, we want to win the FA Cup. We want to win a domestic treble. Richard, let's come to you first on mm. this. Were you surprised the immediate focus of Vincent Company and some of the other players was on what was coming up and not what had, had just been won? I think to an extent you need to experience and enjoy what you've done. But when you have got a game as big as this, so close to that, that sums up City for me. You know, they're always looking at the next thing. Pep Guardiola, it's always the next goal. It's never resting on your laurels and maybe enjoying what you've just done. And the fact is, as soon as this game against Watford's over, it's done. They've got their summer holiday. They can go and enjoy themselves. And how much more enjoyable it will be if they have all three trophies 
than it will be if they get two. They'll be kicking themselves if they were to take a couple of days off now and go into that game and they weren't prepared. I love the professionalism of some of these players. Gabs, if, if you'd have won the Premier League during your career, of course, a lot of successes uh, should have won 2006. I don't know if I mentioned it, um, but I don't want to get into it. Um, but if you'd have won the Premier League, you'd have probably taken, what, four or five days off, got yourself down faces in Ilford, <laughs> torn it up big style, faces surely. on a Sunday, yeah. Um, That's a good yeah, place to be, I, 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 so probably would, I probably would have gone AWOL for a few days, yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously, um, you know, Man City, they have a very kind of different mentality. I think, you know, to see them retain the Premier League, uh, something which has been done for a very long time. Also, United were the last team to do that. Um, just shows how hungry they are, um, how focused they are, how good they are at kind of refocusing and, and moving on to the next challenge. So, you know, we can talk about their football, um, which we all love watching, yeah. but you've got to have the mentality side to it as well. And, and they're, they're probably the best at that as well. So um, no surprises here in Vincent Company coming out and saying that, uh, you know, the club captain, the talisman, um, he's the guy that he's the extension of the manager really they, they have very similar um, focus I think um, so no surprises to him kind of move on to the next challenge right after the final whistle that's just the kind of guy he is yeah. well he is he's, he's a perfectionist isn't he yeah. Guardiola and it's well known that he's a perfectionist so this this is just another step along the way and I wonder as well if you what is it eight titles in his ten seasons as manager or something like that that he's won whether not that it gets boring but he knows it's just another tick on the list and this game against Watford that completes the season and I bet Looking from the outside, as much as everyone's going to be giving plaudits to City, I wonder if he's still kicking himself they haven't made it to the Champions League final, knowing how much 100%. of a perfectionist he is. 100%. With that as well, the whole we are perfectionists, it does take away some of the you know joy fun. and pizzazz and fun for me. Like It's great seeing Noel Gallagher again, celebrating with the City players again. I'll do Wonderwall again. Yay, you know, like we saw that a few years ago. Give me something different. Isn't there another Gallagher we could get or something? Maybe he's not available. I don't know. He's a lot of money. Um, but there is a feeling, for me anyway, and I'm sure for many, and this will annoy City fans, I'm sure, but it's almost like Donald Trump winning the election and you think it probably should have been Hillary. You know, for an English example, you know, Ed Miliband won the Labour leadership a few years ago and we all thought, probably should have been David, shouldn't it, really, <laughs> to be fair. You know, we could extrapolate that to Jeremy Corbyn down the line. You know, Brexit happened, we all kind of thought, well, it probably will be the other one. And this will always be, yes, City did win it. Weren't Liverpool good, though? Do you think that irks any of the City players? It annoy them a little bit? Nah. You don't, don't think? think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> I, if anything, and this is a different subject, it worries me because I think this is as perfect a season I think that Liverpool could have had. You know, you look at where they drop points, obviously one defeat, a few draws. There was that draw against Leicester that a lot of people will go back to. But other than that, they were pretty much faultless and City have still won it, mm, yeah. which going into next season, my concern is we'll see the same as what we saw last season. And I think it could be a procession. Yeah. Well, I think that's why a lot of people have raved about Liverpool. Don't get me wrong, they've been fantastic. Um, they've pushed City all the way. But the fact that someone has actually pushed City this season is probably why... You know, they're getting a lot of plaudits as well. Last season, it was a, a, a procession for City. Um, you know, it was done and dusted fairly early. So I think fans are just happy that this season there was a, there was a title challenge. Um, I mean, as Richard said, their next season might be totally different, you know, because Man City are so, so good. Uh, Liverpool, as you said, have been near perfect. You know, only lost one game all season and still weren't able to, to win the Premier League. So that is a standard that Man City are setting. So... Um, it's just great that we've seen a title challenge and I think that's why a lot of people have given the plaudits to Liverpool but um, 
but City are just uh, they're just ridiculous, and they they were juggling well, that, all the team. That's the biggest thing for me with City, and that's probably the two differences. Well, the difference between the two teams is the fact that City they can take that pressure when they're ahead. And look, you look at Liverpool, and this is a question we'll never know the answer to this, but. City obviously got 98 points, Liverpool got 97. Had City have got 85 points, do Liverpool still get 97 or do Liverpool get 84? Because mm. when Liverpool did have the lead, when they were ahead in the table, that's when they had their couple of draws against West Ham and against Leicester. Yeah. Now, when they were chasing, they went win, 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 win. So I just that's the thing that impresses me most about Man City. They're so good when they are under pressure, so good at having the lead, and they expect to win things. Uh, take us back to the FA Cup final. Thinking about the team for this weekend, Fernandinho's had an injury hit season. Kevin De Bruyne not in the starting eleven right now for Manchester City. Fernandinho should be back for this one. De Bruyne is fit, though not currently starting. Mendy and Bravo will be out. Uh, Gundogan's done a fantastic job in that role in recent times. Really, since he got moved into that role against United at Old Trafford, he's, he's kind of had that role to himself. Do you think Fernandinho Gabs will come back this weekend? And also moving forward, what about Gundogan for that role on a long-term basis? Fernandinho is what, 33, 34, maybe one more season at this level, potentially? Um, well, he still looks very good, to be fair. Um, and you're only as old as your body kind of feels, and he still looks very good. And it does help when you when you have the ball for most of the game, to be fair. <laughs> you don't have to do too much running. But um, listen, Gundogan's come in, done really well. They're, they're not the same type of player for me, but... With the way that City play, I think you know, Pep can kind of get away with playing him there in the Premier League. There's not too many teams that, that will hurt them. But um, certainly with regards to the Champions League, then when you're coming up against top opposition, you need that kind of Fernandinho player in there. So I think certainly in the summer, they'll be looking to uh, get a similar player to him um, as cover. Gundogan, for me, is probably still better playing just slightly forward of the defensive midfielder. Um, but they're just so good. I mean... They've, they've got so many players that can play in different positions. You look at Zinchenko, who's played in the last couple of seasons as a left-back, but really, you know, he's a, he's a number 10. Uh, Sterling can play anywhere along kind of the, the front line as well. So they're very versatile, and that's very much down to the manager as well with how he coaches the players. And, you know, it's not about one player. It's, you know, players can play different positions, and um, whoever comes into the team, they understand exactly what they're doing. So um, I think for this one, your cup final, if Fernandinho's fit, then for me, I think he starts the game, yeah. Mm. Same view? Yeah, I just think, looking at Guardiola, the way in which he's built the team, you do wonder how far ahead he's looking. Because you yeah. mentioned when players do start to get on that little bit, whether he already has the replacements, whether they're at the club or at different clubs, he seems like, the, when it comes to attention to detail, you know, the teams he was putting out, certainly for the last 15, 20 games of the season, each team was good enough to win that particular game. And he changed, made several changes, but the amount of 1-0 wins they had and the confidence they had when they took and that's the likes of Fernandinho doing the job that he does mm. in the team, where you know that one goal is often enough for City. And I just think that Guardiola, going back to the perfectionist side of things, I think he's already built the team for next season. He's already got an idea of the type of player he might need as certain players move on. Well, you only have to look at Mares coming in for the Brighton game. I don't think anybody would have thought yeah. with a season that he's had that he would have started in such a big game. And, and obviously that kind of selection came at Trump's and he ended up um, playing pretty well, getting a goal. But um, that is kind of pep for you, though, the belief that he has in his players, how he's able to keep all those players kind of on side as well. You Because know? Mares, as we said, he made a big chance, he hasn't really played used to playing week in week out um, started the season playing a fair few games but obviously in, in recent months hasn't really played but then comes in last game of the season and, and performs so that's that's great man management as well how you can kind of keep a whole squad 
happy over the course of a season. But are they happy, though? Like, would Riyad Mah- now Riyad Mahrez has won the league, right? What would be the point of him sitting on City's bench for another season? Like, it's job done now, domestic treble. You know, he's already won the league with Leicester when he was actually an important part of that squad as opposed to an also-ran. Um, same with Leroy Sane. He's barely started this calendar year for City. And a few others, you know, Gabriel Jesus has looked at busted flush the last few months, might need a a change of senior or something. I mean, are we at a stage where this City team who have dominated for two years might need a little bit of renewal and, and maybe bigger than we're predicting? I, do you know, I just think if you're a player at the biggest club or certainly the best club at the moment in England, there's such a risk to leaving that club. I mean, I had it to an extent when I left Watford. I could have stayed at Watford, made the decision to leave and within a couple of months I regretted it because I thought, actually, I've moved down a division in mm. order to get regular football but you soon realise the differences if you were to do that. So I think it's it's a much more difficult decision when you're at the likes of a Man City to move away because the chances are you're never going back and the chances are you're going to a club that isn't going to win the number of things. So I think it's so much easier when you're at a club that are winning the double, the treble, and you might play half a season. I guess that's the question. If you ask most footballers, would you rather play half a season for a team that wins a treble or play every game in a team that finishes eighth? I think most would choose half the season. But if you won the treble last year, you've done it, haven't you? That's it now. Move on. Do something else. What I'm saying is, I think we're all saying it, Riyad Mahrez would love it at West Ham. That's what we're all saying. Uh, listen, I want to take you back to the 2011 FA Cup final. Weirdly, I may have got this wrong, it can't be wrong, City haven't won the FA Cup since 2011, no, since they beat Stoke right. City. Um, Yaya Torre scoring the winner on the day. Two players in that side will likely be in the side for City this weekend. Vincent Company, who is still starting on the big games. We spoke about him earlier on. David Silva uh, as well. Carlos Tevez, captain side that way it's that day. It feels like a lifetime ago on that. Um, but it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it, that those two players should still be giving that continuity. We mentioned their age and what might be coming up next for them. I think David Silva's an interesting one because he's sort of been usurped in importance by De Bruyne last year. Certainly Bernardo Silva this year and a few others. I mean, he's another one, isn't he? You've got to kind of manage that decline in, in, in the next few years. And as that decline happens with the knees, it seems the hair gets stronger. So it's quite a nice balance. <laughs> he's balancing it out, yeah. Um, listen, I think David Silva, don't get me wrong, like outstanding player. Um, I think this season, probably his levels of previous seasons haven't been as high. I think that is because he's probably getting towards the latter stages of his career now. Um, but you have already made replacement with Bernardo Silva. It's it's like for like, it's seamless the way mm. they, they both play. And, you know, you can see him, I know he's played a lot of games kind of on that right-hand side, but I think he will eventually, when David Silva probably hangs at the boots, he will move inside and, and just take that position and you will not notice any difference. Um, but there are little bits of surgery needed to that team. Obviously, a left-back. You know, Mendy, I think, is out in Barcelona again, apparently having more um, surgery on his knee, I think. And it's not um, just the injuries with him no. as well, is it? There's something... Yeah, his mentality yeah. possibly as well. I think Pep doesn't like um, David Silva, as we've spoken about there. So there's one or two things for Pep to, to sort out. Um, Especially his coat as well. Next year, he's got to get a new likes coat, that, isn't he? That, it's like horrendous. It, it looks so scratchy. Is it a hood, like a cardigan? What no, is it? Like, I'll, I'll tell you, we'll look back in a few years' time and be like, he was yeah. spot on. I yeah. like it. Do you? I do. Yeah, I, I mean, you are it. a male model. I don't mind it. <laughs> Semi professional male model. So I'm, I'm willing to go with it. But right. also, it looks like it's trying to be too many things at the same time. You know, if you've got like a blanket, you give the dog. Yeah. It looks like someone's made an outfit out of that scratchy, horrible winter, keep it in the boot in case the dog gets muddy kind of jacket. I just think it, it 
it's pep all over though. It's something a bit different. Incredibly warm in the winter. Mm. Yeah, not many managers so. could pull it off. No, no he's, and he's you know one of you. It's, it's, yeah, it's, How does it work in the wet as well? Like it's no waterproof protection. No. It's wet in England for like nine months a year. A lot of managers year. don't care about that though, do they? You see a lot of managers mm. don't care about if it rains on them and stuff. They're Tough. really not bothered. But you know it's, it's probably D-squared and it's been given to him because they're sponsored by yeah, D-squared. Probably, so yeah. They could always get an umbrella out. That's that, gone, yeah, gone down well in the past. Yeah. They must do their brollies. You know. <laughs> Someone's got to bring that back. As soon as someone cool does it, they'll all be doing that it on the streets. It was bad PR, wasn't it, with Steve McLaren? Bad PR and now yeah. no one has a If you want to promote something, to yeah, don't give it to McLaren. <laughs> if you've got two options, go all the way for Pep Guardiola. Want to move on to Watford. Before mm. we do... Do we both make Man City favourites for this weekend? And how much do we make them favourites? Like on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, I saw some odds. Yeah, I can't, don't know if this is true. But Watford to win in 90 minutes, 14 to 1. Really? Which, if that wow. is true, I, I saw that yesterday, which is huge, really. Which, Did you lump on? You must have done. Uh, I'm going to the game. I'm excited about the game. I genuinely think Watford have got a chance, but I do think that's more heart than head. Okay. Mm. Uh, would you say as well City massive or 14 yeah, to 1? Yeah, you, you've got to say City. Um, obviously looking to, to complete the treble, Pep to win his first FA Cup. Um, you look at the, the record between the two teams as well. They've been on the, the back of a couple of hammerings in the last couple of years. Um, they kind of threw the game at the Etihad a little bit because they had Palace in the Cup uh, the week after. They rested a few players, Grazia. Yeah. So, but in a one-off game, Watford are capable of giving anybody a game they've shown that this season with the players that they have. So. Let's get to Watford mm. up next. Stay with us. Right, let's talk about Watford. Now, today, David Walker, Talk Sports football editor, he's far too busy for this show these days. Seven years of dedication, and now he's too busy... You know, helping you know the entire network get their live football out. Fair enough. That seems fair enough now. I've said it out loud. Anyway, today he can't record the show with us because he is with the Watford camp, building up uh, to the FA Cup final. Now we asked him to send us a report from Watford's media day, and here's what he's got for us. Hi guys, sorry I couldn't make it to the show today, but there is this small matter of the FA Cup final coming up, as I'm sure you're all aware, and of course. Everyone's talking about Watford, right? We don't care about Man City. So I've come down to Watford's training ground up in London Colney, just next door to Arsenal's, uh, on the official media day ahead of Saturday's FA Cup final. We, um, we've actually spoken to Will Hughes and Andre Gray already today and are waiting to speak to uh, Etienne Capu, maybe a few other players if we're lucky as well, and the manager, Javi Gracia. The, the mood that I get from the short time I've been here so far is, is one that I don't think the players are daunted by the task that they face. They're, they're keenly aware of Manchester City and just how devastating they can be on their day, but they're also focusing on themselves and what they can do. I think they really do believe in themselves. They took great heart from that comeback at Wembley in the semi-final. I know the league form has tailed off since then, but I think there are mitigating circumstances for that. And probably the players have just been even subconsciously focused on the cup final. For all these players, this is the biggest game of their lives and they're all up for it. They're all, I would say, quietly confident, certainly confident and certainly showing a lot of belief that they will turn up on the day and they will give it their all and they will deliver their best. And if Man City, for whatever reason, maybe a bit of a hangover, perhaps literally from winning the Premier League last week, maybe a slice of luck, maybe a Man City player gets sent off or maybe Watford get a penalty with another VAR award like we saw in the semi-final. Maybe something could just turn it in Watford's favour. Certainly the first goal 
would be hugely important for Watford in a game like this. But we've seen Man City come back from adversity in recent weeks. We saw them come back 10 seconds after they conceded the goal to Brighton on that crunch game on the final final day of the season. I was there up at the Etihad the week before when Vincent Company smashed one in from 30 yards when it looked like all was lost for them. So look, everyone at Watford knows this is going to be an extraordinarily tough day, but there's belief. And me as a fan, I believe too. We have to, we have to believe. Football is chaos. It's, it is crazy. We've seen some absolutely incredible scenes in the last few weeks. We've seen comebacks that we never thought we'd see from Liverpool and even more miraculous one from Tottenham, both in the Champions League. So you've got to believe, you've got to have hope. We go to Wembley with our heads held high and in firm belief that this could be one more miracle to end this fantastic season. Come on, you horns. It wouldn't be right without David Walker on the show, would it? It's great to have him, and he sounds very excited. Um, and he's right to be excited. This is a very, very good Watford side. We've said this all season here. Uh, you both covered Watford, watched a lot of them as well. So have I. Uh, and they've got some top, top talent right across this team. Defence very strong. Craig Cathcart being very good. Cabaselli very good. We'll talk about goalkeepers, of course. Could be Gomez, could be Foster, likely to be Gomez, but seems mad to me. We'll get to it. Strong midfielders. Delafeu mm. has probably been the best player outside the top six uh, in the last few months. Before we get into all that, though, I do want to talk about the semi-final. Mm. We have to talk about the semi-final, which I want to come to you on this. I want you to tell me how you experienced that semi-final and did you in any way think Watford were going to make it through when we got to 80 minutes? No. No, simp- no, I didn't. As simple as that, which is you always hold out hope, but given how strong Wolves have been this season, it was more the fact I couldn't see Wolves throwing it away, which then goes back to the cliches of name on the trophy and this is the year. I really hope that is the case because to show that fighting spirit, they've ended up tailing off in the league, which I had a feeling they would do on the back of that result. But everything is about this day. What was it 1984, wasn't it, when they the, yeah. the last time they made a final and we still still see those pictures of Elton John, Graham Taylor, etc. Mm. This is huge for the town. And I think the players understand that as well. As much as it is a much-changed team and obviously a, a big foreign impact on that team, I think the players fully understand how big this is. And there is a genuine opportunity, given the fact that the two games against City have been really competitive games this season. You know, certainly the game at the Etihad, and you mentioned it was a much-changed lineup, but they still gave them a decent run. And if yeah. it wasn't for the offside goal, it could have been very different at home. I know Ben Foster had a few saves to make, but again, gave them a run for their money. So... It's not like there's a chasm between the two teams. And you know if it is the Watford that we have seen at times this season that turns up, then it could be a really tight contest. When West Ham made the cup final, you were in that side, of course. And I remember West Ham getting better building up to the cup final, including Lasagna Gate and beating Tottenham yeah. and all that. Watford, three straight defeats. Yeah. And, and fair enough, Holobas got sent off. It's been rescinded. I do want to ask you about that against West Ham last week. But across the piece, they were very, very poor. And that was, to me pretty much their cup final side out against West Ham and, and they got bossed by a team already on the beach. What are you made of that tail-off in form? Um, I wouldn't read into it too much. I think as a whole, I think Watford have been very good this season. You know, if Man City were coming up against the Watford of last season or the previous season, I'd, I'd be saying Man City probably four or five, to be honest with you. But I think this Watford team this season have shown qualities I haven't seen before. Um, I think there's a different mentality about this team. Um, in previous seasons, I think there's been kind of in ill discipline, like red cards and things like that. Or if they go behind in a game, then they would fold. But I think there's a much more of a better team spirit about this Watford team. Um, Harry Grazia has come in and done a really good job with the players. I think um, 
they have tailed off kind of the last three games. But on the whole, I think he's kind of kept those players going. Uh, the turn of the new year, I think, as I said, previous season, I think once they were safe, they might have tailed off a, bit, yeah. a little bit earlier. But I know he made a conscious effort to um, reiterate to the players that, look, you know, the season's far from over and you still wanted to see that intensity from the team and stuff. And um, they've been pretty, fairly good with injuries as well to key players. So I think that's all kind of culminated in what we've seen from in this season. So I think in a one-off game with the players that they have, you know, if Delafeu catches fire again, I mean, Kapui's fit, I think, as well. I've he got played, him down as fit at yeah, the moment, yeah. I think he played um, <clears throat> last game, didn't he, last weekend. Um, so him and Decoy are vital for them in that central midfield area. Um, they've got a chance. They really have. And Troy Deeney, since the turn of the year, has been sensational as well. So, um, you know, he's never easy to kind of defend against. And if you're looking for weaknesses in City's team, it probably is coming up against maybe a Troy Deeney type mm. of strike who can maybe get about their, their centre-backs. He but. does need to control that a bit, though, doesn't he? Um, I'm thinking about the, the Arsenal, Arsenal game a few weeks ago where I was doing the commentary of the game. I didn't think it was a red, but the more you look at it, you think to yourself... But you've, you've asked the referee to make a decision on nothing. Mm. You know, and we know about the whole Cajones thing and getting after teams. And, you know, he was also, I think, funny. Some people would have said a little bit lacking in class uh, about Raul Jimenez after the semi-final as well. It's a debatable point there. How important is it that, that Troy Deeney is able to control himself oh, here? Yeah, no, 100%. I think you're right. In terms of testing City, he's going to offer them a very different test than they might get on a week-to-week basis. I think the key thing with Watford, they have got a really good balance to the team yeah. now. And a balance as well in terms of their British players and the stardust, the foreign lads that have come in. And they've got some excellent characters by the looks of things as well. And certainly with the British lads, you know, we talk about Ben Foster, whether he plays or not, you mentioned it is unlikely. Uh, the likes of Adi Mariapa, who's yeah. done brilliantly yeah, again maps, this season. Yeah. Matt, unbelievable how well he's done, really. And he keeps his place. You mentioned Cathcart as well has done hmm. uh, fantastically well. You know, Andre Gray's played his part, Troy Deeney. You know, they've got a really nice balance, I think, between... And I think it's quite important for a club like Watford to have that um, and that connection with the fans as well, mm. which has been important. Mm. But yeah, now going back to Troy Deeney, I think he can offer something very, very different to what City have faced. I just think that it's going to be, realistically, City are going to have the majority of the ball. They are going to have the majority of chances. And this is where you're going to need your goalkeeper to have a very good game, your defence to have a very good game, and you're going to need a bit of luck. Yeah, I think, I think that is the way for me from a Watford point of view. If I look at their weaknesses, I do think, defensively is probably their weakest area um, and you know as Richard said there they're going to spend a lot of the time um, defending probably sat deep in a, um, <clears throat> you know trying to nullify those spaces for Man City to work in. and I just wonder whether defensively they're good enough um, to hold out I don't know um, but with the players they kind of got going forward Pereira's been very good this season as mm. well um, Had a bit of a tail off though, Pereira. Yeah. Maybe from about March. His, his best form was certainly in the, maybe the 2018 half of the season. Yeah, could be true for quite a few of these players. Yeah, but I gotta say as well, they are a very fit team, Watford as well. They look at like this season, their fitness levels. I don't know what they've been doing, but I mean, I covered the the semi final game and two 0 down to Wolves. It was actually Wolves that ran out of legs. You know, they brought Neves off, Matinho off. Probably half thought the job was done. Um, but they're the team that ran out of steam and Watford, it was a massive effort from Watford to get back into the game at 2-2. But then, even after that then, they were the stronger side, kind of, you know, even though they used up all that energy to get back into the game, they were the team that finished the stronger and um, they're going to need those fitness levels again against Man City as well on the weekend. So, um, 
I don't know. I think I think it might be close. You're talking yourself into it, aren't think. you? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm trying. I I'm trying honestly, to... since this 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 tie was confirmed, I have quite fancy Watford. I just think they are the kind of side that might be able to have the energy, the creativity, and the clinicalness at the right moment to get something. Obviously, City favourites, but. I just have a feeling that the that, that Watford can push them. I fancy them a lot more than Wolves for some reason. I don't know why to give City a real game. Listen, I've got to ask a couple more quick questions here. Uh, you, we mentioned Gomez and the whole Foster thing. We'd be mad not to ask you about this. Um, ben Foster said after the semi-final, I wouldn't take my uh, mm. place in the final if they offered to me. I can't remember the exact phrase now, yeah. but he wouldn't do it. Um, what's that about? I mean, we all well, love Aurelio Gomez, but if you were to pick a goalkeeper to, I don't know, play the game to save your life, play in a cup <laughs> final... Some would say you'd pick Ben Foster, who's a better keeper, right? Do you know, there's two things to this. One is that Ben would feel awkward playing this game, given that Gomez has played every other FA Cup game. So that's part of it. Another part is that Gomez, there is a difference here. The Watford fans absolutely adore yeah. Gomez. Mm. So they'll have no problem whether they chose either. Um, I don't know what the situation is with Gomez in going into next season. I believe this might be his last game yes, for Watford. Is, so yeah. there is something to that. The only negative I would say, or the big negative I'd say about Gomez is the fact that he hasn't played a competitive game since the semi-final yeah. which I know from personal experience I had one thing that was similar where I played a semi-final and it actually played in place of Ben because Ben was on loan from Manchester United which meant that okay. we played Man United in the semi-final and I played I haven't played a competitive game for two months mm. and you're suddenly going into a massive game and you feel rusty going into it so that's the only thing that I would question about this situation is that Gomez is going into a huge game and he hasn't played for a period of time and you're facing Man City. He's so going to be busy. He's <laughs> going to be very busy. I just hope, I'm sure he's been training harder than anything over the last few weeks. I just hope that it's not one of them where he needs 15, 20 minutes to find his feet because they could, they could already be two or three down yeah. by that point. Sentiment in the cup final. First cup final for, since yeah. 1984. I mean, is that 35 oh, years, 34 years? That is the decision that um, Harry Grazia has the decide I suppose um, but I have to say he has been very good in the games that he's played yeah. he hasn't let the team down at all in the previous rounds he's been very good um, but you know Richard here makes a great point that that kind of rustiness not having played for a fair few weeks um, hopefully that won't go against Watford but but he, I, I'm for sure I think he's going to play he's going to play and, and Ben Foster probably would, would say look well he did come out and say mm. didn't he look I'm I don't expect to play blah 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 um it just seems odd to me. It seems odd that they're kind of deciding amongst themselves. Like, if I'm the manager, I kind of want my best goalkeeper well, I, I in think, the biggest game of the season. I, I don't get it. Ben Foster is one of the, the big leaders in that Watford dress room since he's come into the club. Um, he's highly respected, I think, by the rest of the group and stuff. So, uh, yeah, what he says goes, Tom. I suppose so. Um, <laughs> and what Jose Holabas says goes as well. I mean, have you ever seen a red card rescinded through sympathy before? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. This they was a, did get a little campaign this was a joke, going, this. didn't they? Yeah. I, I, this, this was ridiculous. So, for those who didn't see it last week, Mikko Antonio, uh, Antonio is going through on goal. There's no debate about that. Oh, the touch goes wide. The guy's through on goal. Uh, he feels an arm on his shoulder. Fair enough. It's not a massive tug on the shoulder, but that's the modern game. That's where we are. He does go down when he feels the arm on the shoulder, and it's a straight red card every day of the week for any player. And yet, it's been rescinded. The Football Association Independent Regulatory Commission upheld Watford's claim of a wrongful dismission, uh, dismissal. So they're not saying uh, that it wasn't a foul. They're saying it wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity, which I think... It's mad. He's through on goal. There's no one else around. 
So this has got to be sympathy, right? Um, Didn't Hayden Mullins miss the cup final for a row with um, he did, yes. Luis Garcia? Was it he someone did, like that? He did miss the final, yeah. Where, um, where was the sympathy back then? Yeah, times have changed now. We're, we live in a sensitive world now, Tom. Don't we? <laughs> the snowflakes at the FA. We do, we do, but to be fair, you know what? I don't think you should... Like, if you get sent off in a league, it should be league games for me. It shouldn't be... You know, you're banned for the next game. It shouldn't be an FA Cup final. I, like, if you're going to, yeah, red card, ban him for whatever, two, three games, it should be three league games for me. So it should be obviously next season where it starts, not not an FA Cup final. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they managed to overturn the decision, which is great because he's had a good season, Holabas, to be fair. He surprised me this season. He was the one I want to talk about um, the discipline of the Watford team in the past, you know, you do silly things like that, get too many red cards, too many bookings. But I think this season he's actually been been very disciplined, and you know he's 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 got a couple of goals, assists as well from left back, and um, I'm kind of pleased with him in a way because nobody mm. wants to miss a an mm. FA Cup final. I believe I'm right and say a bit of a random fact for you. Uh, 35 years ago, before that final, the game before, I think it was Jenkins. I think the left back got sent off and actually missed the Watford final. So a uh, little bit of a similarity there. Mm. But of course, being a Watford fan, I thought it was absolutely the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you think, though, you know, you go back to Gaza getting booked in the uh, semi-final of the 1990 yeah. World Cup. Like, if it was today, you could have been, Gaza, don't worry. Don't worry, it'll be rescinded. You'll be yeah. fine. I mean, the, the key thing is, is that they have made a rule change this year. So yellow cards yeah. don't count. So two yellows wouldn't count, but a straight red would. It was a straight red. The rescission, it just makes no sense to me. It can only be pure sympathy. And, you know, I'm not against a bit of sympathy every now and then. But if this is the precedent, when it happens to your team out there, you make sure you bring this up. <laughs> Because this, you can tell them Tom Rennie said so, was a clear as day they red. They need all the help they can get to I be fair, so. Watford, so. uh, Listen, we're nearly out of time, but one final question on Watford uh, before we move on to some other bits and bobs and get your predictions as well. Uh, we saw the Manager of the Year nominations, the various ones from the Premier League and, and a few others. Um, of course, Pep Guardiola won a few. Chris Wilder got an award this week at she for Sheffield United from the LMA. Uh, a few other bosses have, have had awards and nods. Nuno was in the Premier League list of four alongside uh, the top two, plus Pochettino and, and him. Javi Grazia feels like, to me, he probably should be in there. I mean, fair enough, it's been a bad few weeks since they made the cup final that's happened to a lot of teams but I can't think of many that have had as consistent and maybe as surprising and as impressive a season as, as Watford have had and to sign a new contract under the Pozzos I think yeah. that unheard, unheard of, of yeah. <laughs> it is written on rice paper though to be fair like they all are <laughs> no look he's, I think he's He's brought some stability because that was, as well as Watford have done over the past few years, so many changes. And actually now to have a manager they're happy with. The only negative, we touched on the fact the way they tailed off a bit towards the end of this. It would have been lovely to see them secure seventh or eighth, you know, which would have been would have been fantastic. Probably the only negative. But of course, to make an FA Cup final, he has been brilliant. Whether he's one of the managers of the season, as you say, it'd be in that next band for me, I think. Uh, good job, nonetheless. Uh, right, yeah. predictions for the FA Cup final. Gabs, you've been mulling it over. We've all said City <laughs> a few times, but then you kind of convince yourself. I know, Otherwise, I know. I'm, I'm give me something. To, I'm trying to make a case for Watford here, but um, I think 2-1 Man City. Across the 90? Across, yeah, 90 minutes, yeah. 2-1 to City. I'm going to go one all penalties. Gomez a hero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sails off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I do quite see Watford. I just see it. I could in see my them mind, maybe I scoring see first, Watford, and then City having to dig deep and coming back. I don't even feel bad about the fact that I do not want Man City to win the FA Cup no, at I all. Don't, I don't. Who remember. would? Like, they've had a nice bit of success. They're a great side. They will win again and again and again and again. It's been so long since Watford were in the final. 
They have been so impressive. You know, I want them to win 3-0 Man City, right? We've got to move on. That's the <laughs> FA Cup. Done and dusted. It's live on TalkSport in the UK. It's live through our international broadcast partners around the world on TalkSport.com forward slash EN and our various broadcast partners as well. So basically, if you want to hear the FA Cup this weekend, you've got to do it with TalkSport now various teams in various languages as well. Uh, right. Got a few other bits and bobs we want to talk about on today's show. We've got to look ahead to the Champions League and Europa League that happen in about six months from now. And also so we're going to do some winners and losers from this season as well. Stay with us. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on talk sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Right, two big European finals uh, coming up uh, at the end of this month. Saturday, June 1st, uh, the Champions League final, Tottenham against Liverpool. The Europa League final just before that, Wednesday, May 29th, out in Azerbaijan, the hotbed of European football that is. No offence to any Azerbaijanis listening. Uh, let's start with that date. I've got to talk to, a bit, to you guys about the date because it got moved a few times because UEFA wanted their own date. So I remember when Chelsea won the, the Champions League, it was the same day as the playoff final. Uh, so it was at least two weeks earlier. They've moved it all back to get their dates and their own Saturday and their own Saturday final, their own weekend. You know, all this nonsense that UEFA do that they make, they make it seem like it matters, but it doesn't. Um, you've got players now that have finished for the season. Same with the Europa League as well. Chelsea are phone off to America for uh, some kind of friendly game, whatever. And they've got to fly then to Baku after that, which is bizarre. I mean, what's it like for a player having to wait three weeks and change for their next game? Is it a good thing? Starting with the Champions League final, is it good for Spurs and good for Liverpool or a bad thing? Not ideal to wait through. Not ideal to have a game in June. Mm. June 1st. Like... I think it's four days before the Nations League is meant to get underway as well, right? which a lot of players are going to be in. Yeah, no, it's not ideal at all because it's it's that preparation. What do you do if you're the manager? The chances are he'll probably give them the best part of that first week off because there's not really a great deal of point them being there. But of course, you're in that sort of mode where you're almost ready for summer, yeah. but at the same time, you've got the biggest game of the season coming up. So mentally, it's a really difficult one to deal with, I think. Yeah, as a manager, it's a difficult one because if you do give your team maybe a week off, the second week then you're thinking, well, actually, 
you know, they haven't done anything for a week. I might have to even do a, a mini kind of pre-season mm. again here where a couple of days after work, the players harder. Then you maybe susceptible to picking up one or two injuries. So I think you're very cautious as a, ma- as a manager. It's a long period of time, but yeah. you still don't want to work the players probably too much just in case you, you end up picking up injuries to key players. I, I think we could be in danger of seeing a really poor game. Mm. as well because three weeks between games you think about that first game back after an international break how often the games aren't particularly good or certainly take a bit of time to get going you know certainly for the lads that might have had a week or two without a game so there is a risk of that as well I can remember like playing in the playoff games and you know getting to a playoff final that gap Mm. between kind of the semi-final and and the final which wasn't obviously three weeks but I don't think it was about 10 days or something like that and even that just felt long. You just felt like you were training for the sake of kind of training. Um, it was just really hard to kind of focus, I suppose. Um, and you're a bit tentative as well because you don't want to get injured. Mm. You're not sure how what intensity to kind of train at and stuff. And it's yeah, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long, long time, time to sit in cotton wool, it's isn't it? As well, time, yeah. It's like if you probably, time. I mean, you know, players. Well, Alfie Mawson drops out on his foot this year, didn't he? And got injured for a yeah. year. It's happened loads of times. Yeah. It could happen any time. Yeah. And if I'm about to play in the Champions League fire, and I consider what happened with Mo Salah last season as well, yeah. he's got to be thinking really cautiously about all things, right? Put him in a bubble, roll him about like John Travolta. <laughs> You'd have to, wouldn't you? They can afford the bubble. <laughs> Zorb, he's got Zorbing, isn't it? People Zorb, they can do I, that. I think football is going to go this way where there is, in the end, not going to be a break where you're just playing constantly the whole you way through. Happening? Yeah, I can see that happening where you're, you're well, lucky if you get two weeks because I mean, of international games as well and stuff. Well, ordinarily now, it used to always be July back in, probably same for yourself, back in our day, it was always July that you'd come back. The first yeah. week in July at some yeah. point, but it's gradually got earlier and earlier and earlier. And most teams, certainly championship down, they're coming back yeah. 20th of June mm. yeah. now. Premier League maybe slightly later, but that gap is going to be so, so small. And if they're playing internationals as well, you're right, it's going to be a week, if that. Yeah. Uh, a few questions about the game itself. Of course, we're a long way off, but on Tottenham, um, so this year, I've been watching the injury lists for these shows every single week. And Tottenham's has generally been about six or seven people every single game. Now, looking at the Champions League final on the 1st of next month, Danny Rose, a doubt. Deli Alley, a doubt. Hung Min Son, a doubt. Uh, Juan Foyt, a doubt. Davinson Sanchez, a doubt. Jan Vertonghen is a doubt. Harry Winks is a doubt. And Harry Kane is a massive, massive well, doubt. Done them a right favour, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, this has actually done them a right... It may be we're going to get a better final because we're not going to have to see, you know, Fernando Llorente with the best will in the world. Give it up, mate. <laughs> you know, well, from, it's, it's frustrating to watch yeah, him. Yeah, from that respect, if you've got knocks and bumps and bruises and stuff and, uh, you know, players coming to the end of a, a long season and grinding through then, you know, two or three weeks to, to get those injuries sorted out is great. From I mean, Robertson for Liverpool... Um, Obviously, went off um, in the semi-final leg, and then I know he played um, in the last game, but then he got dragged off. He didn't look fit to no. me. So um, great for Jurgen Klopp that they've got a couple of weeks to kind of get him right, and hopefully you'll see all the best players out there. Harry Kane, yeah. if if he's Possibly. fit, would you start him? Would you bench him? What would you do? I think he has to start. Yeah. Even though you know the heroics uh, against Ajax, you know, even even with all that, I just think yeah, if he's fit and he's fully fit, that's the issue though. I think with Harry Kane, I mean, is. he wouldn't have played for what would it be eight weeks? He's not going to be match like fit, but I think as long as he's physically fully fit, because we've seen a couple of times mm. he heals incredibly quickly. It seems, but yeah. he does come back the second he can come back, and you sometimes feel just yeah. give it an extra week or two. Yeah, well, I think with those um, with those three weeks, you can kind of you can work him a bit. 
you know, if he's close to being back, you can kind of, um, I know obviously the running that they do is probably not the same as, as match fitness, but he can probably get a little mini preseason in. And if he's maybe training that final week leading up to the game, then I'm sure he'll be absolutely delighted. And if he, if he can get to that stage, then I think there's every chance that he'll play. But I've got to say, if I'm Virgil van Dijk, though, for mm. his challenge, I'm, I'm crunching him on his ankles. <laughs> I'm testing his ankles. What nice man you are. <laughs> You're listening, Virgil. You've I'm got the advice now. Well, like, that's what Sergio Ramos did to Salah. Yeah, yeah very took true. Took him out and it changed the whole game. So, um, Is he nasty enough? Is he Ramos nasty, no, he's though? Not. He's too much nah, of a nice nah, guy, Van Dijk, I mean, isn't he? He wears cologne when he's playing. Doesn't he? <laughs> Does so, he? Uh, yeah, he wears, Is that a true story? No, Troy, oh, it's either Troy that or a great show. He smells great. Yeah, Troy Deeney came out after playing against him and said, look, there's nothing he can't do or something. He's strong, he's quick. Um, he's good in the air. He reads the game. You know, his, his hair's all slick, and he even smells nice. <laughs> you not hear that? No, I totally Google, missed it. Google it. Google it. I don't want to smell show. him now. That's yeah. all I want to do. I'm he even smells it. nice. You've yeah. about a spray of aftershave for the odd game. For Surely. the game? Um, no. I think, I think I've tried that one before, actually. Yeah. But you wouldn't um, want attackers to be near you, would you? Like you want them to no. be sort of running away <laughs> from you. <laughs> What's true. the opposite of cologne? Rub that on you. Actually, don't do that. Let's not get into it. Yeah, deep, um, deep heat. Or yeah, yeah, rub some deep heat all over your hands and then start grabbing them. That's what you want to do. I'm teaching the tricks of the trade here, mate. Um, on to Liverpool. Got to ask you about this. Uh, if Jurgen Klopp doesn't win this final, you know, it will be another final he's been in, another final he's lost. Of course, he lost the Premier League with a record, a record amount of points to finish second and all that. You know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, Jurgen Klopp. If they don't win this one... And whatever way you slice it, Liverpool fans would be like, oh, I'm so proud of my team. They, you know, they blew the title. They blew it. That's the facts of it. The whole season would have been, if not a failure, then what? Because all this, like, oh, it was great, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Great title. I don't know what the voice is. Um, but it's, Classic scouts. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to, I never it. like to do the accent of the people I'm doing because it's offensive. You do weird accents, everyone's Good happy. Point. I won't branch it in Jamaican now, but I'm very good at it. Um, but it is a failure, right? It would be. Uh, the point I made earlier, I think this applies here, and it's going to be fascinating final because of this, where, look, City finished on 98, Liverpool finished on 97. I think City finished on ni- uh, 85, sorry, Liverpool finished on 84, just because I think they've been very good at chasing. I think they've been very good at being in second place. The bit that I think will work in Liverpool's favour was the way in which he approached the Barcelona game, where he came out afterwards and pretty much said to the players, I don't expect you to win this. Like, if anyone can, you can, but... I've lost hope. He kind of gave that impression. And I think he approached that differently where he almost decided, look, just let go of any expectation and it ended up being a fantastic night. And I think mm. he needs to do it with this game to an extent rather than get make it a pressurised occasion and get uptight and get overexcited, which he has a tendency to do. I think he just needs to really relax and just allow it to take place. And if he does that, I think they've got a great chance. If he doesn't, if he follows what has happened previously and they continue in the same vein, look, Tottenham have got nothing to lose. It is a bit of a... They're certainly going to be underdogs going into this with all the injuries as well that you mentioned. But for that reason, I see them as being favourites because they're going to... It's a free hit to an extent. They've already massively overachieved. Tottenham fans are already unbelievably delighted with the fact they've made this final. And for that reason, I think they'll approach it with a different attitude than Liverpool. You do feel that... Tottenham's name is on this trophy I hate to say it but just with the luck that they've had um, you just feel that they're going to win it and and this is a Liverpool fan talking saying <laughs> that but I, I, the pressure's all on Liverpool yeah. I'm with you Tom he, I think he has to win this trophy he has to win this trophy with you know the way they lost the Premier League yes they were brilliant but 
you know, to get to a Champions League final, which is great, fantastic, because it didn't look like they were getting out of the group stage at one point, uh, Tottenham as well. So for them both to be in a Champions League final is great. But for me, they need to win this trophy. Um, they need a bit of confirmation for the work that he's been doing over the last two or three seasons. Um, but well, that's the question. If they, that's the question. Because if they don't, what happens going into next season? We talk about having a hangover. The fact this game is as late as it is as well. Yeah. You're going into next season after having the most phenomenal season and having nothing to show for it at the end of it. Do we then see a completely different level? Do we see a Liverpool that can get 97 points again next season? A team that can make a couple of finals? Or does that belief drain out of them? Yeah, the mentality side of things will be key as well. As you said, it's a quick turnaround for the start of next season then as well. So as a player, um, having that through the summer of losing the Premier League and then losing the Champions League, that, that can affect you then going into the next mm. season. And that's where, obviously, your manager has to be very good to to lift the players but I think it's the it's the crowd as much as the manager as well with regards to the pressure that the, the Liverpool fans are so desperate to win something I think it's really poor in that the crowd are kind of um, relaxed with everything yeah. as well not yeah. just the manager not putting too much pressure on the players as well Good news is the crowd can get there uh, to Madrid <laughs> in the Wanda Metropolitano just briefly on the Europa League final on Wednesday May 29th Arsenal against Chelsea two, tub, two clubs separated by Six miles, seven miles, something like that. Got to go two and a half thousand to Azerbaijan and Baku for this one. Uh, and if you read the reports last week, it seems they can only get about 12,000 people in the country, which is why they've only opened it up to 6,000 fans each, which means UEFA delegates, sponsors and locals are going to make up 40 plus thousand of those in the stadium if it is going to be a full stadium for this game. Um, can't focus too much on this. I've actually got Chelsea in the next section, so I don't want to use all my good Chelsea material now. But just play it like Wembley. Just just play it at Wembley, guys. Yeah, come on. Like, Baku can have it in three years' time. Like, there should be, there surely should be a contingency. I know it's all backhanders and all that sort of gear, but there should be a contingency. If two teams in the same country make the final, we have to move it and you get put back a couple of years. Like, why is that not it's just not obvious? obvious? Give them like a under 21s final or something like that. They're not, they keep not the ready. money. They're not ready for to stage a. I know there's obviously like a new stadium, or whatever, but they're not. The country's not ready to stage a, an occasion of this kind of magnitude. So um, I just think it's crazy to be honest with you, Tom. I it doesn't suit anybody. Like any now. team in the tournament, it doesn't suit. Not just like London teams. Mm. If it was, you know, teams from Madrid or whatever, this is a tough place to get to, and you can't get your fans there. Mm. Like it shouldn't get. I don't know how these. Th I do know how, but I shouldn't know how these things get past the first meeting. Can we get any fans in? <laughs> no, it's not a very big airport, to be honest. <laughs> can't actually do it. Oh, yeah, we'll do it somewhere else then, shall we? Like that should have been the whole conversation. They're not bothered, though, are they? You wait okay. for about the fans getting there. That's they. They really when they make these decisions, they're not thinking about the fans of. You know, the two teams in the final and how they're going to get there. They're just thinking about the, the money and the mm. global kind of appeal of the game. You do, make the a, you do make a good point, though, Tom, to be fair. I mean, it's not one I even thought. You almost set the, the, the date in the calendar and where it's going to happen. And that once it's done, it's done to an extent. But as you say, when you've got two teams that are so close to each other and you could actually save everybody a fortune and mm. they can still tick all the boxes they need to tick by doing it at Wembley and it would still be just as good and actually put the date back. It does make a lot of sense, but maybe that's... Too much common sense. Too much sense, and that is not all we're used to in UEFA or on this programme. Uh, next up, our winners and losers and other bits of this season. Stick around. 
Right, final section of this week's preview show. We've looked at the FA Cup and spoken about those European finals. Now, though, a chance to reflect on some of the stories from this Premier League season, some winners, some losers, uh, and some, maybe some teams that could and should do better for next year. Um, I've got a few, and I know you, you guys have, have got a couple as well, but Premier League winners from this year, apart from the obvious, mm -hmm. the team that won it, I'd like to put forward here Chelsea. What? I'd like to put Chelsea forward here. Now, hear me out. <laughs> I can't recall a manager getting as much stick from the outset as Maurizio Sarri. I can't recall a winning manager winning games getting told to F off during the game audibly from his own fans, as happened at Cardiff. His Jorginho thing, you know, his stubbornness with that, we've criticised it, but his season ambitions were what? Make the Champions League and win the Europa League. If that's done, he's finished third, unbelievably third. They are the best team outside a record-breaking top two in the league. And also, he's still within a shout of winning the Europa League. And they've done it, really, by buying no, no players apart from Jorginho. They've got no one else that he wanted. And essentially, he's had Higuain, who's got less air than he's got goals, like useless. <laughs> Giroud's, what, 40 years old. Like, it's not a great squad. I think Chelsea... Upon reflection, and Maurizio Sarri should be regarded right now, until we get the Europa League final, as, as one of the winners of the season. And the League Cup final as well, of course. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you know, they got to that final, and yeah, that, that's, yeah. That's, 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 that's credible. Took penalties to beat them. Yeah, although even that, I think that, for me, summed it up. For as well as they did, and that particular game, held City, of course, to nil-nil, went to penalties. Then we had the whole palaver with... Kepper and Sarri. That was great, though, wasn't it? I remember I mean, it. Was it? That was it, though? Yeah, it was from our perspective. Like, I don't care if he embarrasses himself. <laughs> I remember that final. We'll always remember that final. Who won it last year? Who cares? Mm. You know what I mean? Is there an argument, though, that Sarri just isn't very likeable? Oh, that absolutely. And that's what we're judging a lot of mate. our... <laughs> that's what we're judging a lot. You look at it in black and white in terms of where they finished and the potential of winning Europa League and making a League Cup final... That's a very successful season, but there's just something I do not like about him or them. But Chelsea are used to winning trophies or winning leagues in recent years. Maybe that's part that's of the why they got terrible fans. Yeah, that's well, <laughs> me, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why you know there's an expectation for the fans now. Um, but I can see where you're going with this one, Tom. You're you, you're winning me around with. You know, You're very suggestible there. today. Yeah, I, know, I like I know. it. I, mean, I don't know what's wrong with me. Is it um, suggestible or fickle? <laughs> yeah. A positive or a negative? There's no way of knowing. Uh, give me a winner, Gabs. Who's one of your winners of this season, apart um, from the obvious? Well, I was going to say, obviously, Man City. Um, but Far too obvious. Yeah. Come on. You're better than I that. I think Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. I think what a fantastic manager Nuno is. Um, obviously, brilliant in the championship last year. Stepped into the Premier League. It's been seamless. I mean... They have their way of playing. Um, they haven't really changed their, their style of play for anybody. The results kind of against the top six, um, getting to an FA Cup semi-final. Um, they really have shown um, the way to go, I think, for promoted teams. It is possible to come into that league and stick to what you're good at, play good football, um, be organised, difficult to beat, and, and compete against some of the best teams in the league. So I think, you know, you look at Huddersfield coming in and what they did this season offered nothing really no. to the Premier League and over the years we've seen too many teams like that come into the Premier League and be fearful of the opposition and um, just look to you know not lose games really but Wolves have been the complete opposite for me so they, I think they've been a, a breath of fresh air yeah. I mean. yeah. Winners? 
Um, yeah, for me, Wolves again, the fact you look at the other two teams got promoted, both got relegated. Not only did they stay up, I think it's the first team since 2008 to finish in the top eight that have got promoted. So very good. And you actually look at them and you wonder, they're the team, maybe Watford as well. And of course, Everton, yeah. but they're the team for me Can that might challenge yeah. the top six. Interesting yeah. summer Next for Wolves, season. no doubt. Uh, I want to mention briefly Newcastle United as well, that I was kind of thinking about putting as my team. Didn't win a game for 10 matches start of the season. Turned it around from then. And somehow in the 2019 half, uh, he got a great tune out of Isaac Hayden, Ayose Perez, Matt Ritchie, Fabian Cher, loads of players. Uh, so honourable mention for Newcastle as well. Uh, losers could be a massive category. Uh, but I feel as if we've all probably got the same one to leave with. We've got to do Man United, right? <laughs> like we have to. Like the biggest losers in the Premier League, without doubt for me. A panic appointment, awful buys, bad performances, this weird nostalgia trip. I think they all listen to the Spice Girls on their CD players in Manchester. It's very strange. Still no director of football. Pogba in general. And Gabs, let's start with the last game of the season. They lost 2-0 at home to Cardiff. I think that, What happened? That kind of sums up exactly where United are as a team in a minute when Cardiff City have already been relegated... Um, come to Old Trafford, score two goals. I can't remember. Well, he didn't score two goals in a game very often this season. Kept a clean sheet and won away from home at Old Trafford. I think that just tells you everything you need to know about where Manchester United are as a team at this moment in time. I saw Danny Higginbotham on uh, TalkSport this week. They, they replicated it on the website, saying that Solskjaer was still the right man for Manchester United. Yeah, now, I love Danny, but yeah. I mean, what? That's just he's ex Man United and he You're gonna you're gonna convince Gabs again now. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you can I don't think you can convince me. You gotta keep way. him, right? No, I mean you gotta get rid of him, and yeah, they surely that like, this is madness. This is mad. They wanna give him the summer to do an overhaul. He's never done an overhaul of a squad in his life. He's no, yeah. he's not even overhauled his haircut. Well that is the worry. Does he have the experience to do such a massive job? Um and I I know Ollie Libov, so I worked under him. Um and he's a fantastic guy, great personality. Um, and I think you saw that initially with the results that he got because I think that's what the club needed. They needed um, people needed to feel kind of liked again, and he's very good at kind of doing that. But it's so much more than that. The job now, as you said, the recruitment side. I think that dress room is is poison for me. I think there's some characters in that dress room um, that really need to be either moved on or they need to be put in line and say, look, I'm the manager, this is how we're going to do things, blah, 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 and you're either on board or, or you, can, you can go as simple as that. And that's where I worry with Raleigh. I don't think he's that has that kind of kind of personality to strike fear into players. He, you know, he, he sometimes almost too nice a little bit. So I don't think now that is what's needed. Initially it was, but now I don't think that is what's needed. I think so much more than that is, is required. What, what was interesting was obviously when he first came in, it was almost a given that Pochettino was going in. Everyone had made their mind up. Pochettino end of the season, but then of course United went on that fantastic run at the same time that Tottenham faded a bit. So I think timing as well. Then when they announced Solskjaer on the back of uh, near the game PSG game, so it was a bit of an emotion and then since then of course it's been dreadful and similarly Tottenham have ended up finishing the season very strong. Yeah. You do wonder, had they have waited until the end of the season which was the shout the whole yeah, time. that's what they said. They always they said they'll wait until the end of the season. Had they have done that, what would the decision be right now if the decision was made today? If it was a straight choice of Pochettino or Solskjaer, mm. I think it would be quite a simple one. Now they are where they are. I do agree with you, Gabs. I mm. think they've got to stick with him. 
but there is a risk. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to move out a lot of people, and it's then what's the culture going to be of Manchester United moving forward? Because at the moment, it's a mishmash of all sorts. Um, so United, definitely the losers of the season. Uh, any other nominations? Fulham. Um, Fulham? Fulham. Fulham. The amount they spent. Was it 100 million around, just, they, around I, spent? I think we've seen three different strategies of teams that have come up. And Cardiff, although they went down, a lot of credit to Cardiff. I mean, you know, I know we're going to talk about one of the lowlights, and certainly with Emiliano Salah, with everything that's happened, the amount of decisions that went against Cardiff and things that were happening in last minutes of games, they gave it such a good go to get so close. But their strategy was so different to Fulham, who spent an absolute fortune on yeah. players that just weren't right for a battle. Hmm. I was tempted to maybe throw Bournemouth in there, you know. Okay. I think they're obviously first part of the season, very good. But, I mean, since the turn of the year, they must be close to relegation form. Where they finished... I think um, I, I I just wonder about Bournemouth, and I probably let them off because I've just had to maybe be a bit realistic about where they've come from in the last few seasons and how well they have done. But I just they're such a kind of a yo-yo team, and they're really streaky, mm. got on good runs, and then they can go nine, ten games and um, without getting a win as well. So um, always twelfth though, yeah. whatever happens. Well, under all I think scenarios, they finished a bit lower than that this yeah, season. Yeah, might be at fourteenth, but fourteenth. Um, I just wonder with them now in the next couple of seasons where they trying to go yeah. so you know they're spending more money now and stuff but it's not really working at the minute I don't think uh, the other side I was going to put in this uh, Brighton how awful they've been the second half of the year but they did the right thing I was really surprised how many people had to hunt with Chris Hewton getting the sack the day after the season finished that is the time like that is when you do it like oh, fair enough could have wait till Wednesday but why mm. the season finishes they knew they were up for two or three weeks so the discussions have happened he may well have known I certainly would have expected it to happen, I would have thought. Uh, and then they go to a meeting and they say, look, the season's over. I think it's actually quite classy. Because as soon as Cardiff went, I'd have called him that day. Give him the Avram Grant treatment. You can't get on the bus. <laughs> like, why not? End of the day, the decision is made. I'd rather know now than go to Marbella for a week, come back and be like, oh, by the way, mate, uh, no job. It, it seems fair enough to me. Am I wrong? Um, I'd have given him... One more window. Yeah, I, I, I just think, do you know, oh, would you? You, I yeah. would for the fact that they were actually very good first half of the season. I want to watch them away at United. They lost 2-1, but they were really good on the day. I was really impressed with them. The biggest problem they've got, and they've had the whole season, is that they've been reliant on a 35-year-old striker. Yeah. They're probably one player away from being a 12th place yeah. side. And in the end, the football they played in the last few weeks was mm. so bad. But where I give Chris Hutton credit was he just went out to get a nil-nil draw. Yeah. There was one game, I think it might have been Wolves in particular, which gave him that three-point gap again over Cardiff. And with a positive goal difference meant they were as good as safe yeah. in my eyes. So he just found a way to get the job done. Yeah. But you're right, it was horrendous And that's football. what good managers do. You know, Other managers in that situation might have panicked and listened to the outside noise mm. saying they need to attack more. And they might not have got that that point. But he's an experienced manager, Chris Hewton. And he, as you said, he found a way to navigate them through at the end there to to get the job done. But but look, recruitment hasn't been good enough. No. Um, no, Ali Razor, your hand yeah. back. I mean, no goals, no assists. Top goal scorer in the Dutch Divisie last season. Semi-pro, but, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to be a trend over a lot of these Dutch players, though, isn't it? Um, Vincent Janssen at Tottenham, they're brilliant in that league. Daily class. It's a bit of a, Legend, yeah. a gamble bringing them to the Premier League. But recruitment's been poor. Obviously, Dan Ashworth has come in. I think he deserved another window to work with him because mm. obviously they realised your know, recruitment needs to get better. They've got him in, uh, Chris Hugh, and I'm sure a lot of those signings weren't his either. He probably just said yes. He had the final say and just said yes. So I think he deserved another window to work alongside Ashworth and, and try and right the wrongs of what happened really this season. But. Uh, listen, we've got to move on. Uh, nearly out of time. Give me some highlights and lowlights of the season. Now, I was trying to think of some highlights this season, to be honest. 
And apart from the title race, which was a massive mm. highlight, I actually really struggled to find anything apart from the top two that was really worth writing home about. Like, there's been no top four race at all. Mm. The relegation three teams have kind of been decided for three months. The mid-table, Wolves maybe, but no one really was outstanding. And we praise Wolves, but they were never within 10 points or less of sixth. Mm. So it's all well and good finishing seventh, but they never even threatened it. I think about Everton, West Ham, Leicester, even Watford to a degree... Nobody really did anything, no. so I couldn't really think of any highlights. Do you have anything? I've got one, yeah. and this is me being a bit biased. Goalkeeping became cool again. Okay. <laughs> We've had <laughs> two, the sexy record, top two. two record signings. Allison's come in, done brilliantly. Edison been fantastic again mm. this season, and there's a lot more kids. I'm seeing it. There's a lot more kids that want to be a goalkeeper these days. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, good. I think just probably the Premier League as a whole, I think there was more goals scored in the Premier League this season than any other mm. Um, season, so I think what that tells you to a certain extent that teams are now playing a bit more on the front foot, trying to be a bit more attacking. Um, even the lesser sides, as I mentioned earlier, which hasn't always been the case in recent seasons, there's been a lot of sharp shops. So I think probably the pep effect, how you're a lot of managers looking at how uh, Man City play, you're seeing a lot of young managers now being given opportunities who all want to kind of play that attractive brand of football so I think the league is kind of evolving and you're seeing more attacking football more more goals scored so. um, we should have ended with highlights but I kind of done this the wrong way around so we're going <laughs> to end with the low light because that's what this show is all about uh, I've got loads of this as you'd imagine no one being near Liverpool or Man City the sheer amount of refereeing mistakes mm. and the desperate need for VAR and not having it this season for at least offsides if nobody wants to debate penalties apparently we hate debating penalties uh, even though it's going to be great I'm looking forward to it uh, and, and, and really as well the poor quality of the bottom three that has just been mm. you know that's normally for me and, and for many of us one of the best bits of the season when you've got maybe six or seven teams in it maybe a final day kind of you've got to get a win to stay up and we kind of got you know, nothing. And and the, the bottom three just weren't brave enough, I don't think, all season long. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think that, um, yeah, Huddersfield, never in it. Uh, Fulham, you expected so much. Fulham were just stupid. Fulham were just stupid. They were too brave, Fulham, almost. They <laughs> yeah. needed reining in and a bit more organisation. They were just, they just threw their... Um, Premier League status away, really. And then um, they tried to appoint Arsene Wenger. And, yeah. I mean, I they mean, give it to Scott Parker now, thankfully, but <laughs> they literally what they were, they were trying to get Wenger on the phone. Yeah, what are you talking um, about? A lot of mismanagement there at Fulham this season, to be fair. But, yeah, it was poor. I mean, Cardiff, for me, it was a good opportunity for Cardiff to stay up this season, I thought. But as you said, Tom, I thought they were too negative for too much of the season. Yeah, um, I, I think it'll be interesting next season well. with uh, obviously the two that are coming up, I think will be pretty good. Yeah. And then whoever it is in the playoff, four strong teams in the playoffs, whoever does mm. come up, I think will give a better account. Yep, we absolutely hope for better from the newly promoted sides next season. Listen, we're out of time, guys. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Daniel Gabbardon and Richard Lee. We are live with the FA Cup final in the UK on the TalkSport Network and outside the UK through our global broadcast partners this weekend. Good luck, mate. Hope you'll win it. Or not, who cares? FA Cup final this Saturday. We are back with more preview shows next season. We'll see you then. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. 
be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 